It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak, and I'm super stoked to have my son as the guest this week. I'm Brett Levy, and uh, this is the technology show. So I mentioned my son. Let's bring him in. Hello, Cade. Hi there. <laughs> so the reason that I've asked you to join us this week is um, for things with a Z. Um, I received some very cool toys that are all about gaming, and I'm actually called this week's show the Gamers Edition. And I just thought, well, seeing it's gaming and game-centric, that it would actually make sense to have someone that games. So let's go back to that. Let's move us over here out the way so we can have a look at the pictures nicely. And we actually received three cool toys to review this week. So the first toy that we got was the... So the brand is GTEC. They're fairly new into gaming. And the idea behind these toys is that they wanted to make peripherals more affordable for gaming because, believe me, it's an expensive sport. And I use the word sport because I defend gaming and esports as a sport. So the first of the three toys that we're going to do on Things with a Z this week is the Replicator 400 Lightweight Gaming Mouse. Now, Cade, um, let's bring this up on the screen. We've got it there. There it is there. It's glows and it's all got all the pretty lights as you can see the one thing that i noticed about this is that there's a lot of buttons on the mouse you know i use an apple mouse there's actually no buttons and if you use a traditional windows pc mouse there's two buttons and if you're lucky a little scrolling wheel this has got like six six odd buttons on it why what are these all for when playing games such as like fortnite you would want to like say for building, obviously, everyone knows about Fortnite, correct? It's probably What's one Fortnite? of the world's most populous games. <laughs> Stop playing with me. Um, it's one of the most populous games. And for building, it can be a lot more easier to just click the side of your button, uh, the side of your mouse, sorry. And it makes things a lot more easier, having more buttons, more easier life. Quite easy as that. All right. Now, things like a key bind. In fact, let, let's explain a key bind because a lot of people don't know what a key bind is. Uh, a key bind is a button on either your keyboard, your mouse that sends the the selected key, the button, or whatever you want, uh, whatever you name it, to your computer, to the system to activate it. So for that, you don't means, have to touch the keyboard. You do have to touch the keyboard. You have to send a message from the keyboard to your computer. Okay, but what I'm saying, does the mouse do that for you so you don't have to touch the keyboard? Yes, that that's you... what the side buttons are for right here. I have the mouse with me. Thank okay. you, uh, GTEC, for sending this out. Uh, <laughs> there's two more thank yous to come. Let's okay, well, all right. So let's talk about the mouse. Now, they talk about a lightweight mouse. I don't like the idea of a lightweight mouse. I like a heavy mouse, and I use a heavy mouse. But in gaming, everyone seems to be opting for lightweight mice. And I see that besides obviously allowing the really cool lights to come through, um, by drilling out all that extra plastic obviously makes the mouse even lighter. Why do you play with a light mouse? And I know you like a light mouse. But why? What's the reason? Well, the drilling on the mouse is actually called honeycomb. So if you ever want to search up a lightweight mouse, search yep. up honeycomb okay. uh, gaming mouse. Honeycomb. But the reason being that, is for first-person shooters such as Valorant. And I know you probably are wondering what first-person shooters are if you're new to the gaming community. First-person right. shooters stand for first um, FPS. Sorry, FPS stands for first-person first person shooters. Shooter. Okay. Uh, sorry. Um, 
but yeah, uh, basically having a lightweight gaming mouse is easier action with your hands to flick to places. It's faster control, easier control, and lighter control. So okay, so it does make that. sense if you if you need speed. That's what you're saying. I mean, yes, I, I work on a computer. I don't game on a computer. I game on a console. Yes. So for me, the heavy mouse is actually it's fine. It just feels more substantial. Right. Yep. So honeycomb, lightweight FPS is first person shooter, and most importantly. Keybinds. This is not a uh, SNM thing. There's no other kind of binding going on here. This is keybinds to send controls from your mouse straight into you. So basically, you can shoot from your mouse. That's what you're saying. If that was yes. one of the keybinds that you'd say, yeah. or your okay. keyboard, if you want to. All right, but if if you use your keyboards for other things, then you can put that button there. So what toy do we have next? So we now we, we're actually going to review two keyboards today. So this was the Replicator 400 gaming mouse. This is the Replicator. 500 mechanical keyboard. Now, um, why do we call it a mechanical keyboard? What's, you know, I think mechanics, I think these big cogs and steel, and what's a mechanical keyboard? Is it because it makes a clicky click sound or? A mechanical keyboard is a keyboard that has switches. Switches are um, the things under the keycaps in which you press down. So, for example, with the keyboard that GTEC sent us, this one right here. It says on the box uh, somewhere, I think it might be oh, right here. It shows red switches, the color being red. So obviously. I'll, I'll make uh, you full screen. Let's make you full screen. How do I do that? No, I can't. I can only make you half screen. That's all right. <laughs> there There's we go. Uh, red on the keyboard. Right. Okay. Uh, yes. Kind of. It's just under the keycap. somewhere. There we go. Over there. I'll show you right on this one if you would like to see. Um, okay, that clicking count sounds like you're taking things off, right? Yes, I removed the yeah, switch. There it is. There. You can see that. That is a red switch right there. Right. Reds are usually the most populist, uh, popular uh, switch in the world. Everyone okay. knows what reds are when you're in the keyboard community. Uh, but yeah, that you get such things as blues, which are clicky, uh, greens, which have a different feeling. And there's many different uh, switches. Just depends what suits you. Right. So we've got red switches. Okay. Now, this is so a couple of other features on this keyboard as well. I've gone back to the picture. And for those listening, there's like a roller bar at the top right corner. What do you do with that? Is that a part of the gaming thing? Or does what does that do? What's the little roller? At it's the top? basically easy access to control your volume, whether you scroll uh, up. Uh, okay. To make it louder or uh, down to make it softer. I suppose that would make sense because given given that next to it is a play and fast forward and pause, so there's actually it's so it's media controls, right? Yep. Okay, so that's just an added that's an added benefit because I'm, I'm suppose you're not really going to play media when you're gaming. Um, but the volume you can still use, obviously, so that's cool. And I see it has RGB backlight, so therefore it ticks the box it's for gaming. If anyone for looking gaming. at my awesome gaming setup behind me, you can see all that RGB in the background. Which is totally not a green screen. No, totally not a green totally screen. Totally not right. a green screen. You, you've seen it's in the same house. Yep. And it's all incredible. Those <laughs> oh, well, there we go. There's the red, uh, what's it? Cherry Red MX, what do you call them? Cherry MX Red switches. Mm -hmm. Let's go back. I can Which do is on. I can go like that. There it is there. Right. So those are the switches that we're talking about, and that's what makes a mechanical keyboard. This, however, is the third and final product that we are reviewing on things with AZ. So this is now part of the Cyborg range. 
So as I said, the the replicator range was to you know appeal to the bigger masses to help people that are getting into gaming without having to spend serious money um, on some of the bigger name brands that are out there. Cade, um, before you even get into Cyborg and reviewing this this device, which is the Cyborg is their more pro stuff. Um, you know, given that you've played with quite a few different keyboards, and I can attest to this as the parent that has to buy these keyboards, I know that you've gone through at least seven or eight keyboards in, in the last few years trying to find that right one. Mm-hmm. You know, someone that's getting into gaming that maybe doesn't have a big budget, the Replicator 400 gaming mouse, the Replicator 500 wired keyboard, yes, no, great. What, what, do you, what was your initial thinking on them? Uh, for the 400 and 500, definitely one of the best uh, starting to get into gaming keyboards. Okay. And it definitely feels like your perfect starting keyboard and mouse. I would 100% recommend that to start off with. All right, perfect. Now let's get into the serious stuff, right? So this here that we have now up on the screen, or for those just listening, this is the Cyborg 850 dual mode mini mechanical keyboard so we've ascertained that mechanical has got to do the switches there he's got the box there but more importantly and i have to say this and this is not just because we're doing a review because someone sent us some cool toys you actually playing with that keyboard at the moment you've actually disconnected your other keyboard and you're using that keyboard as your Mm -hmm. primary now believe me for those people that know Cade, that is a big thing like it's one thing to say oh i'm going to try this you know, he'll turn around and say, ah, oh, not bad, but I think I'm going to go back to my whatever. I've Since you've had this and it's been, I think, over a week, you're using the keyboard. So clearly the Cyborg is up there with the brands that and keyboards that you like to use. Definitely so. Um, reason why I have been using it is because this is a 60% keyboard, which my other one was a TKL. Um, a TKL- we have no idea what that means. A TKL is a keyboard which has the more options, more keys, but a 60% keyboard is a smaller one. So smaller keyboards take up less space, more space for mouse action, and it's a lot more easier. Way easier to use. It's such an interesting world, this. I'm looking here because I've got one of your old, what what we call mouse pads, which are gaming pads. And this thing goes on forever. I mean, this is like 90 centimeters of mouse pad. I only use this much, but that's where the lightweight mouse and obviously the what you need to move, right? When you're playing these FPS, mm-hmm. first-person shooter games. So what I did notice, so besides the glowing that you can see there, the one thing that I did notice about this keyboard is the keys themselves aren't actually backlit. You can't see the letters through there. For me, I, I find that a bit of a challenge. I don't game on a keyboard. Um, is this a problem for you? I mean, is your muscle memory good enough that you don't even need to look at your keyboard? How does how does the cyborg uh, rate for you in that sense? The fact that it's maybe not backlit on the actual keys. For me, I think it's different. You don't see this uh, often. I think it looks amazing. And for me, uh, always gaming in the dark, it does get a bit challenging. I do stuff up a few times. But for playing on keyboard and mouse for around four or five years, nearly six years, uh, it's kind of gotten to that muscle memory where I just know where everything is. So it's quite easy. So are you are you one of those guys that when you get when you get a headshot, uh, you, you blame your equipment? Oh, I couldn't see the keys, so that's that's why I'm. I just blame my Wi-Fi or my teammates. Oh, okay. Now speaking of Wi-Fi, this has got Bluetooth, right? So this is wired mm-hmm. or wireless, um, which is also quite unique for a keyboard, right? Because generally they one or the other. They're not dual. Yeah, 
so you do have uh, modes on this keyboard right here I'm using currently. Uh, there's a switch that allows you to switch from Bluetooth to uh, wired to wireless. Uh, it just depends what suits you and what you like more. Okay. Now, wired for me would make sense, right? Because I think when it comes to speed, same as the internet, we always try and hardwire our devices. Um, but wireless is pretty cool. Like if you're just playing a game that you want to sit back and chill and sit with on your lap or something, you have that choice. So um, I suppose let's get to a rating. If Out of 10, what would you give the, the Cyborg 850? For me, I'd have to give it a solid 9.5. It it, wow. it really is. It's really nice. It feels solid. The build quality is amazing. Can remove the keycaps. Uh, it's your perfect gaming mouse for professional gaming. Gaming keyboard, so, not gaming, gaming mouse. Gaming keyboard. Sorry, sorry. It's all good. All right. So look, a nine point five. That's a that's a really big score. Um, and as I said, you know, I know you're a gamer. Everyone that knows you knows you're a gamer. In fact, we would say. When we make arrangements, people are like, is Cade coming with? I'm like, nope, he's playing games. He's with his mates. He's online. All right, so that's fantastic. Um, okay, well, that would take us to the end of things with a Z. Uh, what do we have in tech news? Okay, NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Let's test your knowledge. What NFT is that, Cade? That is a board Ape Yacht Club. A board Ape Yacht Club. Okay. So I still do not agree with NFTs and the values of NFTs. And in fact, correct me if I'm wrong, but these board API clubs, if you can get them, they're in the millions of dollars, right? You can't buy yep. one for under like, for, I don't know, $5 million or something stupid like that. Yeah, what, why much. this is a, a part of the news is Samsung has just released a TV and it is coming here to Australia. Um, where you could actually display your NFTs. Now, this means that the TV itself needs to have the ability to connect to your crypto wallet or your wallet, um, and then obviously access your NFTs and show it up on the screen. So now that you've bought these things, you'd actually be able to look at them in their full glory on a big OLED display. Uh, if Samsung's making technology like this, is it because they're supporting the Fed and they're hoping to cash in on it, or do they actually believe that NFTs are here to stay? I don't know. I'm still I'm still not convinced that this this whole hype about NFTs is what it is. Happy to be proven wrong. I'm happy for all those people that invested money to make their money and all get out while they made their money. But that's the news from Samsung. So that there is a picture of Shenzhen if you're watching the show. And that is a no entry sign over the picture of Shenzhen. And the reason for that is there's been another big COVID breakout in China. Um, Shenzhen, the whole city, the port, everything is on lockdown. Why does this make the technology news? Well, for a very simple reason. Shenzhen is the capital of where all tech is made. This is where it comes from. It's made there. It's shipped from there. Now, if you think about what COVID's already done to technology, where we already um, have lost months worth of production um, then we've had the chip shortage the silicone chip shortage so a lot of the devices were delayed even further we've just had the chinese new year so shipping was delayed further and now we have a full lockdown and i'm going to guess it's two weeks maybe three weeks um, so what this means for us in the tech space is that we're not going to have new tech coming through for months because the knock-on effect of this and the orders and the backlogs of orders is going to count up. So if you need to get new tech, if you need new peripherals, 
well, check out GTEC because you can obviously use gaming peripherals uh, just in your normal workday as well. Uh, but if you're in the market to get a peripheral or something in the tech space and it is available, my advice to you is buy it now uh, because things are going to start drying up and they're going to start drying up really quickly. So that there is a Bitcoin ATM machine. This is where you can draw money out or put money in and convert to Bitcoin or convert Bitcoin to fiat, real money. Um, and that is another no-entry sign courtesy of Boris Johnson and the UK government. Why? Well, I don't know the question. I, I don't know the answer to that. The only thing I can think of is that the UK is clamped down on a lot of the wealthy Russians, given what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. And, you know, Bitcoin's a way of moving money that's not traceable. So I can only assume that all these Bitcoin ATMs in the UK that have been told to shut down is to potentially stop people moving funds across borders or through the blockchain, um, you know, they shouldn't be doing. So yeah, very interesting. And the problem with these type of actions is that every single time something negative happens in the crypto space, the price of Bitcoin plummets. I haven't looked at the price of Bitcoin, but I'm pretty sure over the next few days, we're gonna see it going down again. So if you make your living buying and selling Bitcoin, you hopefully have sold and in a couple of days time, you should probably be buying because then when this all changes and all goes back up again, you make your money, but this is not a financial advice show. I'm not a financial broker. Right, are you game? So I said this was the gamers edition. We always have a game feature in, in the show. Well, not always. Lately, the last few episodes, we've started moving more and more into gaming. I'm going to bring Kate back in to, to chat us through this one. So this is Elden Ring. Um, I mentioned Elden Ring. Well, we don't need to look at the picture of Elden Ring, Kate. Let's have a chat. So I mentioned Elden Ring probably about three weeks ago that was about to launch. This game has blown up. I have yet to see a bad review. Now, you asked me to get you Elden Ring. I got you Elden Ring. You've been playing Elden Ring for the last four or five days or so. Uh, we haven't seen you in four or five days. In fact, I should maybe call your mother to come and watch this uh, this show so that she can actually see you still alive and kicking because you've been living in the dark in your Elden Ring world. Talk to us about Elden Ring. Tell us about this amazing game. So Elden Ring is a new uh, attachment to the Dark Souls games. Basically, Dark Souls has been out since, uh, I believe, early 2000s. It's definitely been Probably a game. Probably before you were born, actually. Probably before I was born, true. Um, <laughs> but this game is incredible. It is an open-world RPG, which stands for role-playing game. Okay. And it is just an incredible world where you fight bosses, you fight enemies, uh, you fight lots of things, you gain uh, items, materials, and you just explore, which is incredible right, so about it. For a second. So when we talk about a world, right, that's that whole gameplay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of these real good reviews have come in. I've looked at the world with you, I've watched you play, but it, it is an expensive world. I mean, it's an incredible world. You mentioned bosses. I understand what an enemy is, and I'm sure a lot of people listening in and those that are just getting into gaming. What's a boss? I mean, I'm the boss, but what's the boss in the gaming world? A boss is usually the worst uh, person you want to see. It's okay. usually someone intimidating, like scary. <laughs> yeah, it's it's someone uh, scary and intimidating, um, which is usually one of the hardest people to defeat or okay. creature or anything. So I think for, you know, for us, us older generation, are you, are you saying like within, in, in Donkey Kong, when the, the, the big Kong, that was the boss, right? You had to try yep. and get to that level to beat him. 
um, and Mario Brothers. Um, there's I, I don't know what Mario is. It's a dragon or something. What's the What's the boss in Mario Brothers? Bowser, I believe it is. Bowser. Well, I, I never Bowser. Really Mario, but that was that was a big game. It still is a big game. All right. So, what makes this game like? No one has given it a bad review. Like, is it the graphics? Is it the gameplay? Is it the mechanics of the gameplay? What is it that's made Elden Ring just literally knock it out of the park? Well, in my eyes, it's like this huge open world where you have the freedom. No one's telling you where to go. You can go where you please. You can do as you please. You can gain items as you please. It's it's all you, which gives you access to control you, basically. With other games, such as like Genshin Impact, you get quests, which you have to do and complete in order to progress in the game. With this, right. you can just do as you please and go wherever you want. Okay. Now, are you going to be able to finish this game in a week or two weeks? Is it... Uh... Me? No. Other people, if they don't leave their room or shower, possibly. <laughs> don't leave their room or shower. What about eating? Can you eat while you play or do you need both hands? Um, that's where <laughs> controllers come in. Uh, okay. People find it easier to play on controllers where you can kind of just play on controller, put it down, grab a bowl of chips if you want to do and just eat it and then pick it back up. But All right. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I've actually, I mean, I kind of know the answer, but I don't always know the answer. Xbox and PlayStation and PC. Those are the three environments or, or platforms rather, sorry, that the game's available on. You're a pro gamer. You play on PC, right? Consoles yes. for people like me that are a little bit more challenged and it's easier to play. Why can't you play against me? Like if I've got Elden Ring and you've got Elden Ring, why can't we play if I'm on the Xbox and you're on your PC? What's the reason? Well, on Elden Ring PC, it runs off a system called Steam where you can download yeah. apps, more games, uh, etc. But with Xbox, they have their own network called Xbox Live where right. you can only play against Xbox players and PC players can only play against Steam players. So unfortunately, cross-play is yet to release. Right. So, I mean, we're hoping to, we're hoping to solve that. NVIDIA is looking at putting the cloud together. In fact, Microsoft's looking at a cloud cloud platform as well. It would obviously bring, with Microsoft owning Xbox and PCs running on Windows, I assume they would be able to get that right. Maybe not for PlayStation because that's its own um, platform as well. What are the negatives of Elden Ring? Like, what are you battling with? Is the game hard? Is your machine capable? Is what? It, take us through some of the challenges or negatives of the game. There's got to be some. So having a 2060, you would think that is a powerful okay. graphics You're talking card. You're Gigagate, right? What's a 2060? An RTX 2060 is one of NVIDIA's 20 series cards, which you oh, get okay, 10 right. series, 20 series, and the newest 30 series. Okay. Um, each one progresses in more FPS, better graphics. Uh, FPS stands for frames per second, if you didn't right. know that. Um, and yeah, so having a 2060, which is right in the middle of everything, you would think it's good enough to run a game such as Elden Ring. Wrong. Um, this game puts my PC through the Sahara Desert. It, it kills it. It is, it's such a hard game to run, even on Are the lowest Are you trying graphics. to pitch for a new machine here, mate? Because uh, this is not the right platform to do this. I'm sorry. I'm going to ask your parents for... A new machine. Don't don't. Hey, uh, Dad. Um, can I get a new PC? <laughs> Maybe we need to reach out to the guys at MSI and the Diewalls and see if they that can send over incredible. a new uh, a new GPU, if nothing else, and motherboard. All right. So you're saying it's it's heavy on on the machine itself. 
Now that's yes. the people like myself that play on a console, we don't have that problem because the machines obviously configure slightly different. Other than that though, from a difficult level, like if you're new to gaming, and this is the problem with gaming, I want to actually put this message out there because people want to get into gaming, they hear about the hype, they buy a game and then they go, oh wow, this is hard. Like, is this an entry level game? Like if you're new to gaming, is this the kind of thing you should be tackling or can you? If you're new to gaming, you would. This is very different to your average uh, shooting games that you would probably play, such as Fortnite, Minecraft, or just any usual game that's pretty popular, other than Elden Ring. You see, Elden Ring is quite difficult, quite hard, uh, and quite um, painful. But overall, it's a it's very fun, not painful. It's it's incredibly fun, but when you just get demolished by a boss then it can start to hurt. All right, so that's Elden Ring. Uh, look, I must say, from, from what I've seen, uh, it, it really is an incredible game. I mean, the world that, uh, that you play in, that you, know, that you run around, it's, it, the graphics are incredible. Even the bosses that you're talking about, like I've seen that, that one that had that really big axe, that gold one, that like one blow and you're gone. That's uh, the tree sentinel. You see that at the start. The it's, tree sentinel. It's quite difficult. I can't believe I didn't know the name of the tree center. I yeah. can also say, which you probably wouldn't know, George R. R. Whatever his name is, Smith, the guy from Game of Thrones, he's written a lot of script behind this. So this game is really something. I think it, you know, we're only in March, but I'm pretty sure that for 2022, based on the reviews, based on what I've seen, this is going to be the one that probably takes the prizes this year. I think this is, uh, you know, this is the fortnight for the year. Um so yeah, Elden Ring. Uh, what else do we have over here? Ah, so uh, there's always a uh, featured merchant. I thought this week we'd put gaming in. You mentioned Steam. So if you go to the SME Mall and dot org and search two game, two game is the featured uh, merchant this week. I know that's a picture of Rainbow Six and not uh, um, Elden Ring, and I know that's a game you've played as well, Kate. Uh, but Elden Ring is there. I did go and check. So go across to smemall.org, um, search to game, and you'll be taken there. Go and find the game. You can buy Elden Ring if you want and, and tens of thousands of other games as well. And I think that brings us to the end of, uh, yep, it brings us to Q&A. So let's see what's, uh, what's come through on Q&A, if there's anything here. Uh, questions. Oh, here's a nice one. So I've been asked, what is stalkerware? That's a great one. So stalkerware, basically um, stalkerware started out, and Kate, you can actually stay on this one because this is something that might be interesting for you as well. So stalkerware basically started out as a consumer-grade spyware. It's the kind of thing that we would, as parents, download and put onto our kids' devices so we can track them. And this is not a bad thing, right? I mean, if your kid's at school or supposed to be at a, at, a, at a play area or something like that, you can see it and you can set geofences. Um, if they move outside of that area, you'll get an alert and you can obviously query why. The problem, however, is that these programs or apps um, have a propensity to carry malicious code. So it's actually quite an easy way of putting a backdoor access into the device. So just think about this for a second as a parent. You've gone and put the software on your kid's phone so you can track them. If there's backdoor or, or Trojanware that's sitting on the on the app, someone else can now track your child as well. 
So before you start going and removing all your software and stop tracking children and things like this, and we've talked about the Apple AirTags as well, which is a similar type of thing. People can drop AirTags in your kids' bags and they can track them, but there is a fail-safe on that. I just need to put this out there. Um, on iOS, the chances of Trojan or Backdoor very slim, if, if any at all, uh, because the iOS store is very rigid in what kind of apps get approved. The only way that this generally happens is on Android devices where you might not have bought the app, where you might have copied it from somewhere or downloaded it from somewhere. And this show is not about judging you for that. This show is basically about advising. It's about giving good advice. So if you want to download apps and you want to side vote, that's on you. Um, but, you know, when you do download off a source, um, there is a chance, and especially if it's a torrent, there is a chance that a, a line of code has been added to it, which in this case would be a Trojan, uh, and that's going to cause a problem. So, yeah, you might might want to think about that when it comes to like protecting your kids or significant others or people that you care about. You might want to just cop it and pay for the actual software and that way know that it is legit and doing what it's doing. Uh, so that, yeah, that brings us, I hope that answers what stalkerware is. Uh, Cade, thanks, mate. Thanks for the reviews. I definitely couldn't have given it the, the same review that you did because I don't think it's going to plug into my Xbox. Um, and no I definitely not, I can't game on my Mac. So thank you for helping me out with that one. I really do appreciate it. It was good to have you. Having me. Fantastic. So, Sweet. yeah, I'm going to say cheers to you. Have a good one. Thank you, Jutek. <laughs> thank you, Jutek. So, yeah, uh, that brings us to the end of the show. So I guess until next time, keep your screens clean and your knob shiny. <laughs>